Welcome to this episode of Miss Law Explains Things. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Miss Law Explains Things. So, I'm going to take a really quick look at uh, this idea of Singapore moving towards electric vehicles because I think it's very relevant to our discussion of market failure. Because we're always talking about how to reduce congestion, how to reduce the negative externalities from usage of cars and the transport system, right? And I think this is a very important development because after one decade of fits and starts, finally it's all systems go for Singapore's electric vehicle dream. So people have always proposed electric vehicles as a substitute, right, for diesel vehicles because supposedly less environmentally unfriendly, okay? And it has emerged as a darling of green transportation because it's been touted as our answer to reducing climate change emissions. However, it's only in recent years when different big strides have made okay, uh, in design issues because previously a lot of electric vehicles were impractical for mass commercialization. So for example, you have to go to a specific place to charge your car, etc. and there were not many of these charging points around the, in the country. Okay? So earlier, I think the approach was be very stop-start in terms of adopting electric vehicles because a lot of people are wondering about its future and whether it's feasible. Uh, and whether there was a solution to the charging point uh, deployment. So now Singapore is moving towards pursuing a more car-like policy, okay, and it has plans of uh, for 60,000 60, charging lots by 2030 and phasing out all of the petrol and diesel cars by 2040. So it's finally, I think, really gaining steam is accelerating and the moves could stem from a faster-than-expected fall in the EV electric vehicle battery costs and a lot of intelligent charging solutions that can reduce the vehicle's impact on the power grid because I mean generally it's an electric vehicle, it's just like anything that you plug into the power outlet to get electricity, right? And also in the future, it's like a very long-term strategy which is that HDB car parks could also feature smart charging systems uh, and petrol stations could be transformed into battery swapping stations, right? As suggested by industry players. Okay. So I think it's quite um, interesting that you know the f- current experience of using electric cars is quite slow because you have to slow charge the car apparently and then for a long time there's been no charging facilities available. Right? It takes like about an hour for this person in the article to go and recharge the electric vehicle. But now those days are behind us because charging lots are also uh, more readily available and it allows people to really kind of think about consciously whether they want to change uh, to using electric vehicles, okay? So, play, some drivers who plan to switch to these vehicles, right, uh, they struggle with range anxiety. They fear that the electric vehicle won't have sufficient charge to complete a journey, or for some Singaporeans, they may have, can't be able to complete a weekend trip to Malaysia, right, without needing a tow truck because you run out of battery, right? So, um, I'm... Thankfully, a lot of these fears are misplaced, okay, because uh, there's been a lot of fast charging facilities that allow people now to charge their cars up, right, for them to be able to use it, okay. So, like, a growing number of Singaporeans, I think it's no longer a concept, but especially people are starting to actually get into the whole idea, like, you know, they're trying to see electric vehicles as a stronger substitute. Cross-elasticity of demand is now, like, a larger value, like, it's positive because they're substitutes, but it's also... Larger because you don't really see so much the inherent differences or the difficulties in using electric cars. Uh. Right, a downside is that you know maybe uh, many of the existing processes you know and procedures involved in using electric car, for example, emissions tests, 
uh, road tax calculation and annual inspection process that's so centric to more of uh, combustion cars uh. okay but thankfully i think electric vehicles have become increasingly uh, popular and they've also been adopted more readily okay because now uh, after they have convened a task force they've really studied how to deploy and proliferate all of these are uh, electric vehicles and a lot of people are getting more interested and excited so there's a whole forms and decisions aspects to this because a lot of industry players including like a number of local startups are vying for a piece of the electric vehicle price so they want to be a first mover right they want to get in on the market before other people get in so for example there are some people who have invested right uh, like $250,000 to set up the green car company and to manufacture these electric vehicles and a lot of people have quit their jobs you know to develop new electric vehicles they're all entrepreneurs right but they were too ahead of their time because they realized that it was not kind of like you know supported and buttressed by some good infrastructure going on so in the 2020 budget it was unveiled that right there going to be placing a significant bet on electric vehicles okay and then the country is going to roll out 28,000 charging points at public car parks island wide uh, by 2030 and also that there's the early adoption of electric vehicles there's going to be an incentive to narrow the upfront cost difference so i think this shows awareness on the side of policy making as to what is this big problem that people face when they want to get an electric car it's the cost Right, so they try to narrow the cost between an EV and equivalent internal combustion engine ICE vehicle. So let's get up to speed with all the terminology here. The difference between an EV electric vehicle and an equivalent internal combustion engine vehicle right, by up to 20,000. So trying to narrow the cost. Right, so the people don't view it as like, wow, it's so hard, it's so difficult, I don't want to use an electric vehicle. And therefore, the push towards these electric vehicles has gathered speed because of the unveiling of the 2030 Singapore Green Plan which sets new goals for all car registrations to be cleaner energy models from 2030 and then 60,000 charging points to be built by the same year, more than double the original target. I think that's a very good uh, way that we're going in. And also, the government will further waive the minimum additional registration fee of $5,000 for electric vehicles, which is important because you have to waive it in order to encourage people to adopt it, right? especially in the early phases and to commit $30 million over the next five years for EV-related initiatives, such as measures to improve charging provision at private premises. Right, and these all stand, right, these EV-friendly measures start, stand in stark contrast to claims made by the Tesla CEO Elon Musk not too long ago. He actually criticised Singapore, saying that unsupportive of EVs and unwelcome to the electric car giant. Well, look at us now. Look at us now. Okay, so there's interesting that tesla's evs are about lifestyle right not climate okay we're not interested it's a lifestyle is something that you choose okay we're in talking about wide adoption not one or two people using electric vehicles they say oh because it's a lifestyle it's something i want to show on the internet no it's not that it's about a climate it's about addressing the climate issue so this we can see right is that not all firms are interested in the climate right, right? okay not everybody is interested in sustainable growth, right? which is a really, really big issue. And that's why I actually want to discuss this article in the context of the broader idea. Sustainable growth is not for everyone. It doesn't make business sense to some people. But it's important for us to do, actually achieve it as an economy, as a country. Okay? So that's why this entire discussion of electric vehicles is about achieving sustainable growth. 
not just about all the market failure micro level issues it's about larger issues right to encourage wide scale adoption of electric vehicles okay but of course i think there's a lot of issues such as it's very difficult to develop enough charging stations uh, because 85 percent of our population live in hdp flats well didn't you not know that right everybody thinks that nobody is living in hdp flats 85 percent we do and the problem with actually uh, having electric vehicle number one is getting a charging parking spot get a charging point still do not have actually concrete solutions but we're on our way okay because they have talking about hydrogen fuel cell technology is a better long-term solution uh, than evs because uh, partly due to the carbon footprint from mining the metals that are needed to produce the car batteries and other issues related to the eventual disposal so we are always improving we're always moving in phases we can't immediately get to the destination but we have to think about it explore options right and of course, we realized that, interestingly, in 2016, there was like another high-profile electric vehicle incident where there was a 15,000 Singapore dollar carbon surcharge slapped on a used Tesla model, right, sedan. So in justifying the levy, right, uh, it was pointed out electric cars are not carbon emissions free. Hmm. They may not produce emissions in the conventional sense from the tailpipe, so you see all the black smoke coming out, right, from conventional cars. But they take electrical power from the national power grid, which has to burn fuel to produce electricity. So it's not really carbon neutral, right, per se. It's not like you're not producing any carbon. It's just producing carbon in a way that's hidden and it's not so evident, right? So therefore, I think because of that perceived ambivalence towards these cars, right, a lot of car dealers held back from bringing in more models and charging infrastructure firms uh, from building. They didn't want to build so much charging points. They was like, oh, I don't know about adoption. I don't know if people are going to use this thing, right? And therefore, I uh, realized that a lot of people who wanted to buy these kind of cars were not sure whether they wanted to buy it because it's not really offered, lah. Okay, but now because the momentum is going, a lot of like official distributors are thinking about bringing in uh, more of these, you know, electric vehicles so that we can move towards our target. And you are trying to like assess all of these vehicles based on that, you know, all of the the characteristics they have. Okay, so. I think it's also important, right, to actually realize that, you know, you need to use regulation to kind of regulate the types of cars that are coming in, okay, to make sure that they are kind of uh, within this particular uh, band uh, in terms of how much emissions that they create, okay. Um, but I think it's important for somebody to lead the way, right, so that we can have greater confidence in all of these hybrid cars and electric vehicles. So as of in January, right, this year, the EV population was like only 1,274 and it's 0.2% of the total car population, which is 636,483 cars. My goodness me, we only have how many people and this is the number of cars that we have, right? Okay, so I think it's important that even as a car maker, you also consider producing some electric models lah, to explore possibilities to reduce emissions quickly and sustainability in tandem with the growth of infrastructure right so that's why you need to keep your portfolio like you let's say you're a car manufacturer right you produce many kinds of cars right and they also decided to produce like three parallel tracks of types of cars so zero emission mobility ranging from your normal internal combustion engine to plug-in hybrids and then also they have the all-electric model so they interesting are huh? they got three different kinds of cars of course they sell different quantities of cars like, depending on whether they can even sell the car and whether the car can be used in those countries like, right but i think it's interesting that even like mercedes-benz is actually thinking about product diversification okay 
But of course, one key factor that's pushing everything forward is the advancements in the battery technology. Okay, because the case for EVs has strengthened, right, uh, over the past decades because of the batteries. Okay, the battery has become bigger, the vehicle can travel further, it becomes a closer substitute and became cheaper and more affordable. Okay, so became bigger, travel further, become cheaper and more affordable. Right, and the only way that EVs would fail is when people don't see a need to switch over lah, because there's so many reasons why you should switch over and why it is viable substitute. Okay, so interestingly, I think the four mega trends that they're talking about in the automotive world are efficiency, connectivity, autonomous driving and shared mobility. And there's a way forward, right? So why is Singapore now getting so interested in these electric vehicles? Well, one of the reasons is cost, right? Because... Energy and transport experts point out that the cost of batteries has been falling rapidly. Supply, la, right? Supply, right? Is increasing. The cost of production is falling. So the cost is falling rapidly to a point where the mass market EV will be competitive with an ICE, the internal combustion engine vehicle, without subsidy. And I think that's great. Because they are talking about how the tipping point will be when the car battery costs under US $5,000 to US $10,000 per vehicle. And it's going to happen by 2025. Right, so the accompanying infrastructure for the vehicle charging also needs to keep up. So some economists have also observed the cost of these lithium-ion batteries which are used in battery vehicles has fallen way below what was projected. So it's basically falling faster than anticipated. Lah, right? And because of that, I think this is going to be a very major uh, thing that kind of pushes this forward. Okay, because the cost of the battery pack is falling right? and the technology is continuing to evolve. Right? So I think also interesting the kind of research and development has been done by like Toyota, right? They develop a battery that could only take ten minutes to recharge from zero to full, can travel around five hundred kilometers on one charge. Okay. On the other hand, we also have hydrogen fuel cell technology, which is uh, trying to look at this technology because it's more suitable for heavy duty vehicles like, like trucks, you know, aircraft, ship propulsions because they require longer range and fast refueling time, so you can't be like, charging the thing right for example but the limitations for mass commercialization of the hydrogen fuel cells as a source of power will include the lack of supporting infrastructure and the supply of green hydrogen because it has to be hydrogen that is produced using renewable energy sources such as wind or solar power and right now we are still kind of facing issues with the amount of hydrogen that we can produce using these kind of methods okay so the technology for hydrogen fuel cell is still in its early stages not commercially viable yet but people are still doing lots of R&D and investing a lot of money, right? So it's not yet available in sufficient quantities for a commercial rollout. But electric vehicles is definitely a few steps ahead. And another thing that's coming out also is the whole smart charging technology, like all the systems and the, and the electrical grid, right? So they're trying to kind of develop this, right, to allow more cars, I think, to be charged in a shorter amount of time so that um, it also kind of, uh, does not tax too much uh, on the electric grid okay so there's a lot of expansion there's a lot of prioritization and they're trying to find uh, a lot of different ways to kind of make it um, a little bit more easy uh, for people to do these things so can singapore meet its targets i think it's quite interesting the fact that we're moving so far uh, ahead okay, and the target is to make uh, full evs make up 50 percent of our private vehicles 60% of our taxis, 100% of our public bus, 50% of private bus, etc, etc. And 100% by the way of our car sharing vehicles. Okay, 
So I think technology is moving fast and I think the 60,000 charging point target in, a in less than a decade is achievable. Right, as long as we have the consideration and the cooperation of all of these stakeholders. Lah. Right, but we also understand to, to do all these things got a lot of benefits, right? But when we do decision making, there's cost. Okay? So the infrastructure to add more transmission cables is already involved investment of 2.4 billion Singapore dollars to build a 40 kilometer network of underground cable tunnel system. And it's one of the deepest. So you can think about all of the costs, actually engineering costs that goes into that. And SP Group said that when it completed in 2017, parts of the existing power grid it had to be shifted progressively, you know, to deeper and deeper tunnels. Of course, there's a lot of like issues about you know how how deep can we go and things like that. And it's a very stable grid, so of course you need to upgrade it, uh, because all these electric sub substations have like lifelines of about like 30 years, right? So it needs to continually be, continuously be uh, upgraded. Okay, so I think interesting is that you know. The reason that you know we're kind of expanding all of this is uh, in order to allow uh, electric vehicles to be more viable uh, and also to expand it in, in time to come to the HDB car parks uh, so that you can, uh, in, in order to do this obviously it needs to be a collection of information and data uh, right, so that we can think about how best to kind of put all of these uh, charging stations all over the place and kind of track energy consumption patterns because we also know that electric vehicles is not completely without its cost right there is also some kind of generation of electricity right so I think it's quite interesting to kind of read this article and follow so I try to like talk about a lot of different things but there's a lot of like details I think about electric vehicles per se right but I think the ultimate aim really is to go towards this heavy investment in this public transport is coupled with this zero growth target of private vehicles. So think about all the, the questions that you thought about sustainable growth, cars, you know, transport. And I just wanted to really conclude with like a few uh a few policies that you know have been kind of put forth like, so far. Number one, it has uh that this entire discussion of electric vehicles may be kind of like uh, hindered la, by a lump sum tax that can be built into the EV driver's road tax schedule. Okay, right, and it contributes like $1 billion to our tax. Okay, and also the road tax treatment thankfully will be adjusted such that now the mass market electric car will pay a road tax comparable to the internal combustion engine equivalent. Okay, and then it is kind of hard also to predict, you know, how fast this is going to happen because now EVs, right, are taxed based on power output and technology advances, right, power range increases. May not be great news because in the end, maybe electric vehicles may still be more expensive, but the good and positive things to note is that EV is gaining popularity, changing in taste and preferences, and it seems to be more viable uh, for people to use electric vehicles now, okay. So experience from the other market show that is unnecessary to force the market to buy a minimum number of EVs. Once there's price parity, the market will tip over and people will start really buying the electric vehicle, right? So the bottom line is though, is that regardless of whether this is electric car or internal combustion engine, at the end of the day, cars still generate emissions. So I think what you need to actually move towards is kind of like sharing you know, sharing cars, you know, using public transport, pooling together resources, while also allowing people the, cho the choice of actually owning a car. But if you want to own a car, make sure that you own a car that does not generate so much like carbon emissions. Huh? So lots of things that I mentioned in this article, but I really encourage you to really 
go in and take a closer look at some of the considerations that were involved in terms of moving in this direction. Okay, and I'll be probably be talking more about, about environment, sustainable growth, ETC in some future episodes. So this is a bit long, uh, but you know, I think I hope that this is, has been valuable also in some ways. So tell you all, uh, good luck and you know, uh, keep moving, keep keep going and you got this.